friends, we welcome you here to this worship service this day. What a joy it is to be in your good company as we worship God and give thanks for him and all of his blessings each and every day. Especially today, as we draw close to Veterans Day this coming week, we here at Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church are giving thanks for all of those veterans in our midst through this worship service. So we invite you now to join us. On behalf of the congregation of Roseau Gardens Presbyterian Church, what an incredible honor it is for us to express our deep appreciation for all of our military and first responders who because of their service and those who came before them have given us this freedom to worship. Here at RGPC, we hear the voice of Jesus calling us to serve those who serve and their families. Jesus says we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And to really live out Christ's call, we need to have a better understanding of the life and the hardships of our active duty, reserve, veteran, retired first responders, military, and their families, so that we can minister to each other. We can learn from one another. We can share our stories and grow in love and hope and faith together. Let us worship God. There is a call. Some hear it like a distant thunder. Some hear it like a whisper in the ear. Some just feel it in their hearts. A deep sense of responsibility to country, to service, to something bigger than themselves. We honor those who are willing to do what so few have done because of their sacrifice and service. Our country is a light on the hill that cannot be put out. Though many have tried, those who stand and protect it are heroes, worthy of our respect and admiration, worthy of every minute of attention we give to pause and recognize the hope, the sacrifice, the honor of all who have served our country. Please join me in this morning's call to worship. In our worship, we celebrate the work of God's Spirit among us. We come here today to acknowledge that as Christians, we share together in the work of continuing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We enter this time of worship as God's people, people of faith, vision, courage, and hope. We come here today to live in God's constant promise of new life. Let us worship God. Let's all sing together hymn 338, O Beautiful for Spacious Skies.
proof of God's amazing love is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Knowing the promise of the Lord's forgiveness, we come with confidence before God in prayer. Let us say together our prayer of confession. Gracious Lord, you have been blessed us with freedom, freedom to follow or to turn away, freedom to love or to hate, freedom to heal or to hurt. You ask only that we follow your ways, loving our neighbors as ourselves. In the midst of our turbulent lives, help us find the courage to live faithful lives. Amen. Our God is the God who judges peoples, churches, and nations. The gospel tells us that God's judgment comes in the form of forgiveness. Knowing this, we experience a freedom that is truly free. Friends, believe this good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Sergeant Major Dave Laycock. I retired after 23 and a half years of service in the military. Today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about our church's program for military and first responders and their families. In the fall of 2014, our governing board of session approved the proposal brought by our pastors that our congregation be enrolled in the not-for-profit organization Military Outreach USA which exists to encourage, engage, and educate and equip individuals, churches, and organizations throughout the nation to provide a support role to our military community. We are proud to say that on this occasion of our third military first responders and, first and their families worship service, we're even more committed to being a military caring congregation. We seek to provide a church home for those in the military community welcoming those in active military service, the Guard, Reserves, veterans, and their families. We may be part of a national network, but we now have an ongoing ministry to serve those who have served us in our commitment to provide spiritual support and practical care in the military community. Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church has always had a heart for first responders. In 2014, not only did we become a military caring congregation, we also became a first responder caring congregation our vision included supporting and ministering to all those serving the community as police, fire, emergency medical technicians, and their families. Those who are called to serve the community through their work remind us every day when we see them in our neighborhoods and city of what it means in the words of Jesus to love our neighbors as ourselves. Psalms 91, whose written by Anonymous, who's pretty famous, but is called the Soldier's Psalm. The group that I have at my church in, in Montana, we have a group of men and we pray for our first responders. We pray for our leaders, we pray for our country. 
and we pray Psalm 91. And uh, we want to go out to all the hearts and minds of the men and women that uh, defend this country here and abroad and even in our streets. Well, I'm, I'm going to be saying this. I'm going to be from the NIV version, the nearly inspired version. So some of you may not, if you're following the King James, get lost, but that's okay. All right. So as the psalmist wrote, he wrote, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is Psalm 91. Our second reading today is from the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. A few verses where Jesus calls fishermen to be disciples. Starting at verse 16. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were there in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wanted to share with you a little bit about the why behind this particular ministry to our military first responders and their families. The why behind how this ministry came to being at, here at Rosedale Gardens. In 2012, we had five of our young men serving in three different locations in three branches of the military. And it's amazing what social media has allowed to happen. We could keep in touch that way, and we could also keep in touch by cell phone. I will always cherish those texts and calls from airports in Turkey or calling Afghanistan at the 12-hour time difference to chat a while to send some texts back and forth. And it also then dawned on me, we had quite a few veterans in the church, but I didn't know how many. So our wonderful secretarial staff got to looking at our roster 
And sure enough, we also had over 40 veterans. We had 12 first responders. Since 2012, I happily tell you that many of our daughters of this congregation have married first responders and military. I also had no idea when I started thinking about what this ministry would be that it would be any more than helping those five who were deployed at the time, helping our veterans, and helping our first responders who were just in the house, so to speak, here at Rosedale. Never could I imagine how this ministry has grown. God knew. I truly did not. We've had a chance to really affect lives in this place. There were two incidences that stand out to me personally that I experienced early on before I knew we would be any more than being available to helping our men and women who serve. One was that I had an opportunity to fly to Camp Lejeune. There was one book in all of Amazon that was available to help civilian churches that weren't next to a military base help have a ministry to first responders and military, and I gobbled that book up. I took a flight with a lot of people on it, then I had to jump on a puddle jumper to get to the area, and I ended up being on a plane with about 16 servicemen. I was sitting next to one, poring over this book, and the whole thing was highlighted with ink in the margins, and I was gobbling it up the whole little flight, until finally, as the plane's starting to descend and I put it away, the Marine next to me says, I'm curious, tell me the story of the book. So I tell him that I'm flying in to meet two of our amazing guys who serve because I just want to learn what I'm doing. I have a degree in clinical psychology, but ministering to this amazing population requires added, added work and expertise I did not have. And I literally remember looking at him saying, I just want to be helpful and I don't want to mess anybody up. <laughs> and he laughed and he said, who are you? And I said, I'm a pastor at a church in Livonia, Michigan, trying to figure out how to be helpful and for our church to help support those who serve. And he laughed and looked at me and said, you're well on your way, you'll be fine. I think that was my call story to this ministry, but I didn't know it at the time on this puddle jumper plane. And since that time, which was around 2012, I have just been amazed. Also, it's been incredible to have from our own, uh, from our own military and first responders, they said, you have to reach out to the Livonia Fire Department and the Livonia Police Department, and you want to find ways to help serve them. And lo and behold, now three Christmases later, three blessing bag, amazing events, over 1,500 blessing bags given out to so many at Christmas that we do with our two departments. It has been incredible how many lives we have touched. I continue to be awed and moved by this ministry. In 2013, there was an event brought on by military community outreach, and they came to Detroit because it has one of the largest populations of homeless veterans. And word got out to all the Detroit metro churches, so I can't imagine the number. 
and they invited us to go to a Holiday Inn and to put on a presentation. That invitation went out to countless churches and countless pastors, and only 26 of us showed up. It was an amazing morning where they were able to share a day in the life of someone in the military. It was incredible and it was moving. And they said that all you needed to do was to be a church and to be a pastor who listened. And from there we were off and running. So I continue to thank God for the blessing of being in the lives of those who serve, for being out in the community and the city the travels that I've been able to do it's just been amazing and it has shaped the ministry of this church we will forever be grateful for the men and women who serve our country the men and women who serve us locally and in this congregation and I am reminded of Jesus who went out and called fishermen just as he calls us he calls us to fish for people and I am so blessed that the fishing that we have done has multiplied this ministry in ways that are far more than in number, but in the richness of the grace and the love and the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. Indeed, we are blessed. I'd like to give a blessing now to those who serve. May God who loves you send blessings upon you for generously devoting yourselves to helping others. God grant you courage when you are afraid, wisdom when you make quick decisions, and strength when you are weary, compassion in your service. May God bless each and every member in your family. May all of you who here today, who serve in the military and as first responders, as well as your families, feel the love and support of all of us here to hold you in our prayers this morning. For God bless you. We thank God for you. We are all called by God to be a servant people, but we may not immediately know what form that will take. Those called to the military and as first responders may only find themselves in these roles after careful listening and discernment as to how they could contribute in the world. Sometimes our call is not clear at all. God may only light our path and footfalls one step at a time. The church can help us to realize that trust is essential in this process. Both our trust of our servant role and the community's trust of us as protectors. Military and first responders calls to the community service can be murky and obscured by our own self-doubt the courage to start out on a path with no clear destination is truly God-given. Those who recognize this calling to public service soon discover that they are privileged in their respective roles to see firsthand God's merciful plan unfold every day in the faces of those we serve. They also discover that often high value High-risk service comes with high stress and a complex difficulty that must be resolved with continued perseverance every day. Recognizing these challenges, the church in 2014 chose to take on their supportive mission after seeing 
many of our current members fulfilling these public service roles around Michigan and around the world in the military. Post-service support has also been central for the ministry of RGPC. Keeping our current and former military and first responders balanced, strong and powerful public servants called by God for his good works in the community. I'll end with the Bible verse given to me by this congregation when I joined years ago. It's from Micah and you know it. So go out in the world and do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Thank you. So when I was deployed, especially the first deployment to Afghanistan, um, the church family is especially important just because when you are deployed, there's a loneliness that comes with it, even though you are with your friends and your brothers and everything, but you can only be around certain people for so long before you start to drive each other crazy. And then you, you start to become immersed in the environment and you start to almost forget that there is anything else. Even though it's only a seven month deployment, it's very easy to do to find yourself just kind of lost in it. And so f constantly getting things, especially the way I was with the Rosedale family came together and people that didn't even know me were sending me packages because my face was on the bulletin board for four years. So it was, this, it was really nice getting constant reminders of home and getting bulletin reports and just seeing what people here were up to and getting treats and all kinds of stuff like beef jerky was a great one. Um, and then it also helped people around me that maybe didn't have the family or the support system that I had. I was able to, you know, distribute what I got between the guys in my uh, platoon and my squad and everything. So it was, a, it was very important. Like I said, I mean, that first deployment, we had our sat phone maybe once or twice a week if we were lucky. If we had reception, it wasn't broken. And so there was no connection. There was nothing from home. I, would, I, would, I fell in love with People Magazine, things that I never cared about in my entire life before, just because it was some little sliver of home that kind of took you out of where you were for a second and remind you that there is, that there are people back home that care and love you and are there and supporting you. So the church family was wildly important. Um, especially on deployments, but all the time, especially when Kelly came down to see me and to uh, to meet one of our um, chaplains on base. So the church stuck around with me and was there for me the whole time, even though I couldn't be here in person. Uh, they never let me forget, you know, who was behind me and who was thinking about me and praying for me, and that was extremely important during that time. So I got in that fall in uh, 1942 and got back in 46. No furlough, no nothing, just train. And uh, went to boot camp in San Diego and uh, very rough on us. They could hit us then, and they did. And uh, if you're out of line, and uh, then we went overseas in July 1st of 43. When the war ended, oh, we talk about a bunch of happy guys because we were going to invade uh, Japan November 1st. A huge invasion, b bigger than uh, Overlord in France. December 7th, 1945, we pulled out on the ship and went the northern route over to down the coast and landed at San Diego. So we unloaded the ships and January 1946, I went home and uh, 
uh, I'll give a little side there. We landed where you probably noticed in the paper where Ford Motor has taken over that old train station. That's where we got and the trains came in there. And, uh, all the church supporters, of course my relatives, and we got letters from the minister, forget who his name was, in 42, but uh, and other church uh, committee people, they wrote, and then congregation. It was all right when we were in the States, but when we got overseas, it was all uh, uh, censored. And you could hardly see anything. You couldn't tell them the weather. You couldn't tell them the training. You couldn't tell anything. Just, hi, how are you? And that's all. And uh, so we wrote letters, and I wish now I had a code send it back. But, uh, I was on the fire department almost 30 years. Livonia, I was the second hired for the city of Livonia. And I ended up battalion chief in charge of one shift, five stations, and uh, five engines, five squads, a ladder truck, and heavy duty rescue. And around uh, 25, 30 people on duty. But this church means everything to me. I wish we were back and I watched all your services and I hope someday we can get here and I can sit here and watch and listen to you guys. I would appreciate that. Oh, just do what you're told. And that's the number one thing. Train hard. We got a wonderful military now. And uh, uh, we got that and just train hard and thank them and and uh, have them up there like you had these two up here and uh, and have this ceremony every November. That's really great to show these guys that we appreciate them. And, uh, our friendship through the years from our time in service to today, the, the meaning, uh, we're brothers. Dave has pulled me out of places and put me into places when we were in Vietnam together and other places, but that's another story. The, uh, as, uh, and he's always been by my side. He's always stood by me. He's always been there for me. Uh, I've known him for whew, since the 70s, since early, since Vietnam. So, uh, and we've always crossed paths. We were in drill sergeant school together. We were in Germany together, but the meaning of our friendship and our relationship is more family and brotherhood. And uh, our third brother isn't here. That's Benny Lee Wyrick. He's in Georgia right now. Uh, but the, uh, the heart, you, can, you feel the love, you feel the camaraderie, and you know that someone always is always there for you. And with Dave, uh, I know that. And, and it's just a, um, it's hard to explain. It, it's something that God gives you only a few times in your life, and that's Dave. So, so what, is his, what is his friendship meant to me? As Jim said, there's always that friendly phone, that friendly ear on the other end of the phone. We had not seen each other for, what was it, Jim, 33 years, mm -hmm. 34 years? And I'd gotten remarried, and Karen took her first airplane flight ever to Montana to see Jim. And it was just amazing that even though the years had passed, there was really no time difference between us. We 
still talk the same talk and walk the same walk as we have been forever. And he was saying, our other friend, Benny Lee, who's the other brother, we were all on drill sergeant status together. So we went through that over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And when my wife died in 2015, Jim dedicated a song. Where were we at? Was that that? Was that an award ceremony in Missoula? Yeah. And sent that. It was very touching. But that's something that I don't have that relationship with anyone else other than Jim and Benny, that it's just like always together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in my life, it was after I retired from the military, uh, my family had a horrific incident happen. And the church that I had been dedicated to and a member of for years supported the wrongdoers of what had happened to my family. And I left the church for 15 years. And it was very hard to walk back in. Um, after my wife passed away in September, my friends from church here, Roy and Beth Sequin, who our kids are growing up together, roller skating, said, you got to come to Rosedale. And if I remember right, that was the second Veterans Day service that Rosedale mm -hmm. ever did. And I never left. Mm -hmm. um, it's deep in my faith. And our friendship is also one of faith. That, again, it's that person on the other end of the phone that's there if you need them. So. Always. You know, the in the military, you have faith in each other and have each other's backs. And people can say, that oh, I don't believe in God and God's not there. But, um, yeah, because when I got hurt uh, over there, uh, the first thing I yelled for was God. So, and my life, I was going to be a minister for winning the Army. Well, that kind of went on hold and went other ways. But the, uh, when I retired uh, with Dave, you know, and I always knew Dave was, would be there for me, always. Uh, I never had, well, I never had to worry about him or Benny Lee or even Sue. And, uh, and uh, when I retired, I drank too much, partied too hard. Uh, I didn't have anybody that cared for me. You know, my mom and dad were dead. My sister told me I should have died in Vietnam like I was supposed to and all kinds of stuff. So um, I married Josie and we were sitting watching a movie and she goes, we got to go back to church. And it was some old Billy Graham film. I said, okay. So at the gym where we worked out, the guy that, one of the guys came in there was a pastor where the church we go to now and have been for the last 17 years. But I said, so I asked him, I said, what time do your services start? <laughs> he said, why? I said, oh, well, Josie and I want to come. He goes, how come you want to come to my church? But it was a, and then we started there. I, I rededicated my life to the Lord back in 2003. Josie did too. And uh, we've been going there ever since. And it's just that, that feeling, knowing, uh, and you think back on your time in service, and you're like, wow, all the time I, I, I wasted time. I wasted time not sharing this with people and uh but we do and with when dave called me about the uh talked to me about the, the um him getting back in church and stuff and, and benny lee uh called me and let me know that he uh he had given his life to the lord in 2009 him and sue and i was like wow you know here's a hardcore special force 27 years in special forces and 
he's, he's a born-again Christian. And, and Dave, you know, he came back to the Lord and, and the horrendous things that happened. And, and with Adrian passing and stuff, and I knew Adrian. I met her, I think, a month after he did. But the, uh, <laughs> uh, the whole, you see these men, these hardcore men, and now they're men of faith. Other men it put God first in their lives. And it's just amazing. And that's the most important thing, is to put God first, because he'll guide you. He'll guide you. For those of you that are serving in our military and as first responders, I don't care if you're a policeman or EMT or you just, like, chase the ambulance down the street or whatever you do, uh, but all you people who are working in the hospitals, the nurses, the doctors, the uh, orderlies, the, 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 and people in the markets, people that... Uh, that are doing this job, keeping this place safe, actually from this virus and also from our enemies. Uh, and I would say to you, thank you. But I would also say, there's a song that Ralph Carmichael wrote back in the 60s. And it says, uh, reach out to Jesus, because he's reaching out to you. Open your hearts. The life you live without the Lord is an existence. The life you live with the Lord is true life. Kind of a hard guy to follow. <laughs> but uh, I had left the church because of what had happened with the church that I was going to supported the ones, the wrongdoers to my family as opposed to my family. And uh, I came here not knowing what was going to happen. And I'm sure Jim's seen it before too, but when I first retired, there wasn't a church in Northville, Michigan that I was welcome in because they didn't want veterans. They didn't mm -hmm. want anyone that wasn't, you know, like a big three guy. And when I joined the church over there, I found out I didn't tiff enough. Um, I'm on a retirement income, and I was, <laughs> I was serving the youth club of that church from 2 o'clock until 7 o'clock every Wednesday night for almost five years, and that wasn't enough tithing um, in service. So when I came here, remarkably, I would have never thought five years ago that I would have been ordained as a deacon and then ordained as an elder and then become a Stevens minister because of what happened through this church. After I lost my wife, which was very devastating, and the horrendous things that happened at the funeral home and things before um, I came over here, it was kind of nice to walk into a safe haven where people were proud of what you'd done as a service member, which was really different and not common for, I don't know if you saw that where you mm -hmm. were at or not. So I found that service is kind of second nature to me. I took care of soldiers for 23 and a half years before I retired. And then you get out of that environment in the civilian world where no one really cares about the person next to them or what they're doing. And it's a really yeah. hard place to look at when you've been taking care of soldiers and their families for years and years and years. So I think the faith just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper the longer I do this. And I'm just, Amen. was extremely happy that I was chosen to be a student minister. It just pays great dividends because I think our care re receivers help us as Stevens ministers as much as we try to help our care receivers. God bless you. And like I said before, live a life. Live a life. And that only way to do that is through Christ.
and to all those that serve in any first responder capacity, the doors of this church swing wide to welcome you. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Well, we weren't actually sure where to begin with our story, but we were asked to talk about what our church's military first responder and family and their family's mission means to us. This sometimes frightening, joyous journey began with our two sons following their dreams, dreams of public service. We actually have three children. Our oldest is our daughter, Sarah, who lives in Ohio with her husband and three boys. She is a college administrator at Kent State University, and she works with veteran students. Kind of a theme going on throughout our family. Um, and then there is Adam, our middle child, who for 17 years has been at Oak Park as a public safety officer. That means he is a police officer, a firefighter, and a fir medical first responder. Needless to say, he has seen everything. Then there comes our youngest, Donald, joined the National Guard in his freshman year at college as a way to get through school. That summer, he went to basic training, and as his basic training was ending, 9-11 happened. So he, his life took a new meaning with tours stateside in Iraq, Afghanistan, and numerous protective um, duties details over the course of years. Long story short, he's ready to retire um, probably by the end of the year from 20 years of service in the um, United States Army Reserves. His daytime job is also very fun as he is a U.S. Marshal. And uh, previous to that, he had seven years as a deputy sheriff. Both, <coughs> both sons understand the meaning of public service, as we do, because we come from families with a long history of service in the military, as well as law enforcement. We're often asked, how do you do it? <laughs> do what? <laughs> That's our response. We know having sons as cops and military easy. They're following their dreams. The real answer is that we just do it. We handle it by trust, humor, and faith. Trust. We know that there are men and women with our sons who will protect them at all costs. And we do mean at all costs. Humor. We laugh at the dark humor that comes to the family gatherings. <laughs> oh boy. Over times it, with drinks or lunch or dinner, especially when the uncles come to play. Oh, the stories that they tell. Faith. We accept that which comes today and believe that there will be a tomorrow. Faith is the ability to dig deep and know that we are not alone. I guess the hardest thing for both Betsy and me are the attitudes reflected on what our sons do. The times when we are asked about our kids. Easy to say, Sarah, a university administrator working with veteran students, following in the steps of her parents. But then we say our sons are cops. Oops, wrong thing. Drinks picked up and away they go, or the hurtful messages that we read on social media. You know those really bad cops, but oh, your sons are different. What are you really saying? 
It is not that we do not care, but Father Time has put some calluses on us. We've reached a point in life where we really do not care what people think when it comes to what our son's careers are. We love them, we'll protect them, cherish them, cry, excuse me, when they are hurting and stand up for them when a public seems angry at what they do. Our sons serve, but our whole family feels that each and every day that they are on duty or deployed. It is this church mission, a mission that our church family embraced a few years back that provides us with the solace that not only do we feel safe to talk about our sons, but also that our sons and importantly, their families can feel safe here, protected and loved by a church family that cares about them. In other words, the church has their back. This important mission strand has not been adopted by many churches. In fact, only one church in the Detroit Presbytery has adopted this mission strand. Maybe that is why Rosedale Gardens has a reputation within the Detroit Presbytery. Some like the idea and others not so quite there yet. Yes, we are proud of our church, the support, and proud to say that our church has our backs as a family. I close with a verse from the Bible that we first saw in the stairwell of the Pentagon outside the, outside the door of the Secretary of Defense in July of 2002, Donald's first stateside deployment. As we were escorted through this building, by our young soldier. From Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me.
out of a war. God heard a soldier's prayer.
Jesus Christ himself has called each and every one of us into service and to partner with him to be his work in the world. And there are a variety of ways to serve, and we are so blessed that we get to come alongside of him. Whether you give back to the church through your time or your talents or your treasure, know that all of the above in God's hands are going to do amazing things. So let us now receive today's offering. Thank uh-huh. 
Servant Lord, God with us, we offer these gifts with humble hearts. Bless them, we pray, to do your transforming work in the world. May what we give bring comfort to those who grieve, warmth to those who live without shelter, food to those who are hungry, kindness to those who are world-weary, and hope to those who long for the touch of your mercy. In our giving, we give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, you who make all things possible. Amen. This is crazy. Never seen anything like this. and they've been coming forward in droves with aid and support. Let us now come together in prayer. Let us pray. Ever-living God, we thank you for your mercy and grace. Give us now and in the days to come hearts willing to follow your will, hands open and ready to serve you in the world, ears open to listening for your spirit's voice and call. Teach us as a congregation how to minister to one another as partners in service, working together to bring peace and reconciliation to the world. God of love and justice, as we give you thanks for our military first responders and their families, as we enjoy freedom, we give thanks for those who have served with courage and honor, for those who answer your call saying, here I am, Lord, send me. We give thanks for those who put the welfare of others ahead of their own safety. Let us all be inspired by their self-sacrifice. Equip them with your Holy Spirit to serve with humility and honor, strength and conviction, love and compassion. Strengthen their families and keep them surrounded and guided by your love. Encourage their spirits with the knowledge that their work truly matters and makes a difference. We also give thanks for those that have made the ultimate sacrifice, those who have been wounded in the line of duty in body and mind, those who are called to serve them in their need. We pray for those who are deployed as well as those first responders who are ready to go whenever and wherever they are needed, both near and far. God of this country, as we patiently await results of this election, may peace be the order of the day, and may our leaders step up and lead the, the way to being true peacemakers. We give you thanks for all of those who have served at the polls in a variety of ways during this past week and ask for your guidance and protection upon those who continue to serve. 
God of this community. We pray for all of those in our midst who are recovering from or facing upcoming surgery, for those who have suffered the loss of a job, of a loved one, or peace of mind. We pray for those who are working on the front line in classrooms, hospitals, stores, and in our own homes. And we give you thanks for this community that continues to surround one another with love and compassion and presence, even when apart. Inspiring God, let your light shine in us so that our faces reflect your light and love to others. Now with your presence before us and our hopes to carry us, we step out into the world with faith, hope, and love, praying as we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let's sing hymn 337, My Country, Tis of Thee. May God bless those who stand in harm's way. May God bless this country in his love. May God clothe this country in his care.
May God forever hold us and ours in his holy embrace and grant us peace. Friends, you leave this place as a sent people, sent to stand firm in your faith, to love your neighbor as yourself, and ground yourself in the unshakable rock, Jesus Christ. As you go, may grace upon grace be yours, and may the glory of God's only Son be known to you now and forever. Amen.